Welcome to the Small Business Edge 5 and 5, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Five questions, five minutes, one exciting guest. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Small Business Edge 5 and 5 podcast, sponsored by Pitney Bowes, where we ask five questions in five minutes to one guest expert about one topic. Our topic this month is the state of Black-owned businesses in America, and our guest is Jill Johnson, the co-founder and CEO of the Institute for Entrepreneurial Leadership, otherwise known as IFL. It's an independent, not-for-profit organization that supports inner-city economic development through entrepreneurship. Welcome, Jill, to the 5 and 5 podcast. Thank you, Brian. Good to be here. Likewise, Jill. You know what? I have to say, it was great catching up with you offline before this recording because you are doing so much in the area of entrepreneurship, and I want to explore that more. So I'm probably going to ask you to come back on for a full-blown podcast, but this is five minutes. So let's- Five minutes. Five minutes. So Jill, what, tell us quickly, what is the state of Black-owned businesses in America and how were they affected by the pandemic? Brian, one of the things that I'd like to make abundantly clear is that the challenges that many Black-owned businesses face today did not change during the pandemic. They were the same challenges that existed before the pandemic. And the reason why there was a disproportionate impact on these businesses is because they were struggling so much before. The Mm -hmm. challenge of uh, the lack of access to capital has continued to be a major issue. Those businesses that were able to survive COVID and come out on the other side, you know, better and thriving and having pivoted and all of that, often they were able to do that because they had resources. They had the capital to do it. They had people in their networks to help them do it. They could hire the expertise. Many Black-owned businesses were just not in that position. They were capital starved before. Um, they remain capital starved. And, you know, we saw a loss of over 40% of yeah. black owned businesses in the country. So when you ask the status, black owned businesses as a whole did not do very well. Yeah. And, and which is awful. And, and I'm hoping that the conversations that we're having going forward recognize that so that we can better support and enable the Black-owned businesses before the next pandemic. Absolutely. Pandemic or whatever the case might be, right? Anything. And, um, you know, I'm going to preempt one of your your questions here, but the good thing that came out of that, Brian, is that it, it did shine a light on the issues that Black-owned businesses face. And it got more people talking about it, and it got more people recognizing the fact that these businesses have been starved of resources for far too long and that things need to change. That is the silver lining in all of this. So second question, of the big four obstacles that are affecting business owners today, we have COVID, supply chain, inflation, labor issues, are any of them having a bigger impact on Black-owned businesses? Those are those issues are so intertwined. Um, the right. labor issues, part of that is because of uh, inflation, um, supply chain issues. It, it, and, and they're all compounding, right? Yeah, um, yeah. If you take a business that has limited access to capital, and then you throw in there now um, workers who are essentially demanding 
higher wages and the cost for goods and services that they need is higher. And there are delays in the supply chains. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if you can say which one is having a bigger impact because they are all impacting businesses. I think that these issues that you describe again, have a disproportionate impact on Black-owned businesses, often because they don't have the capital to weather the storm. Right. So it, And I would agree with you. I think access to capital is probably the biggest obstacle that Black-owned businesses face. Um, and, and I've seen that historically in my 30 years of covering small businesses and working at magazines that cover small businesses. I think that's always been an issue something that needs to be addressed. Absolutely. And Brian, I, you know, I want to point something out that a lot of people say, well, access to capital, you know, I was a small business owner and I didn't have a loan. But when we say capital, we want to look at that in the full context of how people fund businesses. And often it's personal savings. Yes. Um, you know, white household wealth is 10 times that of black household wealth. Mm -hmm. So if you're not even able to get your business off the ground um, using your personal savings or um, maybe it's not a loan from a bank, but maybe it's a loan or a gift from a family member, from you know, from a, a parent or a close friend. Um, that is all capital that is available to your business. Right. If you are a person who just didn't have debt, debt from college, or um, you know, your house was paid for, or you had a four hundred one k, and you could take some of that money and put it into your business. These are all sources of capital that often people who will say. Well, I bootstrap my business. Yeah. You had boots and you had straps. Many black owned businesses are trying to bootstrap and they really don't have boots or straps or, you know, they're real shaky at best. Right. I agree. It is 100 percent as we move forward, something that needs to be addressed by all of the organizations and government agencies that support small businesses and banks and other lending institutions. Uh, question three, you are a champion of businesses owned by women of color, and you are committed to helping women of color entrepreneurs get connected and help them, uh, you know, help them connect with influencers and decision makers. What has the last two years been like for them? And what can we in the small and mid-sized business community do to help them going forward? I would say, again, it, it has been consistent with what we've seen with mm -hmm. Black-owned businesses. Women face uh, the unique challenge, again, with um, the, the issues during COVID of children being home. We know that the majority of yes. child care responsibilities and household responsibilities fall on women. Uh, you know, we saw the largest uh, drop off of women in the workforce in general. So imagine being a small business owner where, uh, you know, um, all the pressures are on you, right? Because it, it's you and, and that's it uh, oftentimes. So um, this was very difficult on many women entrepreneurs. Uh, again, we talk about women of color, especially Black and Latinx uh, women entrepreneurs, um, the lack of capital, you know, all of those things came together. And so um, it has been really tough. One of the things, again, that we see as a silver lining is that for the first time, many people started to realize the issues that people of color face, especially Black businesses with lack of access to capital and women dealing with 
you know, all of these issues of managing everything. So um, when you ask, you know, what can we do in the, in the small and medium business community to help them going forward? Um, I think we have to also stop looking at them as them. We have to make sure that we are taking an us approach to the small business community and making sure that we are being inclusive and that when we are designing events, that we're not designing events in a way that is exclusionary. So when you think of, you know, if you want women to attend an event, recognizing um, that often women have these childcare responsibilities, don't make it during pickup time. Don't make it during drop-off time. (laughs) These are just some these are just some practical realities that it's good to say, oh, well, we're not going to treat women any differently or just expect, but it's a big part of the reality that we have to acknowledge. And um, really with, with women entrepreneurs, we do have to understand, we have to create a space where they can bring their whole selves to the entrepreneurial community and the entrepreneurial community recognizes all the pressures that they have. I like to say we need to be sitting on the same side of the table as the people that we're trying to help so we can see what they see from their viewpoint. That's, so that's, that's well said. Um, my fourth question is actually about silver linings, which you've talked about already. Um, is there any other silver linings to what's uh, happened over the last two years? You know, you mentioned it, it shined a light on uh, some of the issues that were facing Black-owned businesses prior to the pandemic. Anything else you want to add to um, maybe a silver lining? I think it's gotten a lot of people talking. And mm-hmm. I think it has gotten a lot of people um, talking who wouldn't have otherwise been talking about these issues. I know in the past, Brian, you and I have had these conversations um, you know, you um, have done a lot of work in communities where there's a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may have been more aware of some of the issues than most. But from my vantage point, what I've seen is a lot more people being willing to reach out to become immersed in mm-hmm. in the conversation, in the issues, to ask questions, to be receptive to hearing for the first time and to understanding that these um, issues that they've been hearing about for a long time, they're not made up in our heads. These are real things that have been going on for years and years and years. And now people are able to finally start to understand, yeah, you know what? I don't have that same lived experience. And just because I don't have that lived experience doesn't mean it isn't happening. So I think having more people listening has been a tremendous uh, part of the silver lining. I love that. I do. I do love that, that it's getting the the needed coverage and exposure. So we just blew through our our five minutes, uh, a five minute podcast. But you know what? It's almost an injustice that this is not a full blown podcast. So I do want to have you on again for a full blown hour long conversation about the work that you're doing with Eiffel and and in uh, you know, in your national community network, trying to help businesses. So, but here's my last question. Take out your crystal ball or your magic eight ball, you know, from the, from the eighties, if you still have it, and just (laughs) give us, give us an idea of what the landscape looks like for black owned businesses six months from today. 
You know, Brian, that's a tough question because unfortunately, we have seen times when it seems like the needle has been moving or has started to move only to figure out that it really isn't. Mm -hmm. And 20 years later, we're having the same conversations that we had 20 years before. I think this is a process. I think that real change will take far longer than six months. Mm -hmm. But I think that in six months, you know, I am hoping that there are more solutions being put on the table because we have more people engaged and, you know, people who are brilliant, many, many people who are brilliant, who are coming to the table, coming together to think through solutions. So that's what I hope. Yeah, I, you know what, and I'd like to I'd like to see some accountability measures in place so that the needle continues to move forward. October first is six months from today. I'm writing that in my calendar, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call you up. And we're gonna have a conversation just about how we're doing and what we absolutely, you know, absolutely. I think we'll see more capital on the on the table. It may not still be enough, but I think that we will see more capital on the table. Yes. And and in a separate five and five podcast, I spoke with Andrew Sherman about that. And he said he's starting to see more of it as well. So maybe we'll bring together a roundtable of people to talk about uh, the needs of black owned and Latinx owned businesses and women owned businesses. Uh, and, and, you know, bring in the, the diverse group of people who actually have the network to start, you know, or to continue moving that needle forward. Because, People like you have done a tremendous job in supporting uh, these businesses during the pandemic, before the pandemic. And now let's expand that network, you know, and, and, and again, hold everybody accountable because, you know, that expression, you know, nobody wins unless everybody wins. Right. Yeah. This is this. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Jill, thank you so much. You've been a great guest in my five and five podcast. I thank Pitney Bowes for being a sponsor uh, of the, the uh, Small Business Edge podcast. Um, I'd love to have you back on. I know my listeners and my viewers would love to have you back on. And um, let's do it soon. Uh, everybody, you've been listening to the five and five podcast uh, for Small Business Edge. Continue to send in your feedback, your suggestions, and what you'd like to hear on uh, the next episodes. And we look forward to keeping in touch. Until then, everybody, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Edge 5 and 5, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. To find more podcasts, just visit smallbusinessedge.com. Join us next time for more 5 and 5.